0: And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans.
1: Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade. I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CBA's. How are you doing these days, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear that and always glad to be with our listeners here on On the weekend, I learned so much, and I know that our listeners do as well, too. Well, Brian, you know I'm around the office here on Saturdays oftentimes, in addition to weekdays, and I have noticed a special hustle and bustle among the offices that are occupied by the folks at Bauer Evans CPAs, not only weekdays, but also on Saturdays. So you know what that means? It must be tax season. So, Brian, I know it's not my favorite topic to talk about, but it is very necessary, and it's been a major part of your life and your career, taxes. So I want to talk about taxes to begin with here today. Brian, you know, in this remote society, and I say remote society because COVID-19 has really illustrated the fact that for a lot of people, we don't have to go into our offices anymore to work. So if you work for a company here in Seattle, I mean, if you work in the Seattle area or you live in the Seattle area, that's one thing. But a lot of people have begun to say, hey, you know, I've got a vacation home in Oregon or over in Idaho, or I'm going to spend some time working elsewhere. That is going to impact the amount of taxes that they pay. So let's dive into that a little bit. Brian, if I, let's say, move to Arkansas, but I still work for a Seattle company or I move to Idaho or I move to Oregon, how is that going to impact the taxes that I pay?
2: Well, it's way beyond even moving there. Let's just say you had a, uh, you wanted to go someplace and be remote and do a hotel or stay with in a second home or something like that. Right. And you know you're working remotely, and then you think, okay, well that's fine, and you don't even think about it because you're from the state of Washington. We don't have a state income tax and uh you're thinking okay no problem i'm not even thinking about it then you go and do your tax turn this year and and turns out you know you stayed a few different states and well every state has different rules and 41 states have a state income tax and 20 of those states have a one-day rule for owing state income tax if you travel there. Wow. So you could spend a couple nights on the way, you know, one night working there on the way to another destination. And by law, you're supposed to file a state income tax return for that state. You're going, wait a second. You know, and then you stayed a couple months someplace and worked remotely there. And well, now you have that state potentially to pay state income tax on. And so it's very convoluted. Like I said, there's nine states that don't have an income tax. Uh, There's 41 that do. 20 of those, it's one day. Some, it's longer than that. It might be a 30-day. They might have a COVID relief part. Some states... If you're from like Michigan, they try and tax you no matter where you are. But then the wow. states you're going to say, wait a second, we want to tax you. There's this thing called a nexus that they're supposed to only tax the portion of the year that you're there. But some states don't care. California, Michigan, they want to tax you 100% no matter where you are. And so uh, we think tax return is complicated. Where do you start doing your state income taxes? And, and I haven't even started yet on some of the
1: employer issues related to that. Wow. Yeah. I've just written down California and Michigan as two states that I do not want to visit as far as taxes go. I mean, as you said, there are other states that don't have state income taxes. And I would imagine that if I'm working remotely or maybe even live in one of those states six months out of the year, would my tax bill be the same as if I were residing in Washington all the time? Let's say that I lived in Nevada where there's no state income tax.
2: Yeah, it would be the same. And so there are several states, I don't have them all memorized, but mostly on the in the western United States and then Texas and, and Florida in addition to that. But yeah, you wouldn't have a problem if those are your states. But like I said, these other ones, and and another issue can come up, let's say that you did have a, you were in California or some other state or even Oregon, and you were there for quite a while, and you do your tax return, you go, oh my gosh, I owe state income tax. Well, I'm sure my employer withheld. Well, your employer doesn't know where you were working from. Right. So there's probably no withholding. So now, you know, you owe taxes you didn't know were coming, and you got to write a big check because- You didn't know to have that withheld. Now, another issue from the employer's side is let's say that to say, okay, everybody, you can go re- work remotely. And then I got employees that moved to uh, California or New York. I don't know why you moved there right now, yeah, but right. let's say you did. And, uh, and all of a sudden as the employer, I'm going, wait a second. Now I'm doing business in another state now I have payroll requirements, registration requirements. Uh, oh, California has a, a minimum tax just to do business there. And even though you thought you weren't doing business there, one of your employees is living there mm-hmm. or staying there. And now they want thousands of dollars just for that on top of now you've got maybe a state income tax return for business purposes. So now you file a California stating of tax return and that flows through your personal return and now your personal. No return as the owner. Oh my gosh. You're paying state income tax in California because one of your employees <laughs> took advantage of the remote working things. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, we have opened such Pandora's box and there's no uniform treatment of state income tax right now. And states that are hurting for money are getting hammered. So it's just going to be a mess. And before COVID, the numbers were quite low on the percentage of companies with remote work. And now it's well above 50%. And so this is going to rear its ugly head, I think, uh, this tax season.
1: So if you're working for a Seattle-based company and you're living in eastern Washington, something like that, because you're not in the city of Seattle, but let's say that you're over there in Spokane or someplace like that, that does not impact your tax return, does it?
2: No, that wouldn't impact it. But you go another 30 miles east of that, it does. Yeah, right. It's an income tax. So now you're, you're opening that. And some states are better than others. I mean, I'm sure there's people listening right now. that would say, well, how do they know if I was in their state for a week or a right. day or whatever? Well, they probably don't. However, they're getting more sophisticated about that. Oh, yeah. uh, certainly, if you go to California, man, they're, they're probably hiring a division of, hotel stays and tracking you well if you were here you I know you turned on your internet I know you answered some (laughs) emails we're gonna nail you for staying at the Ritz one night in in, uh, Newport Beach and we're gonna follow you around oh you were in Sacramento one night oh okay yep we're gonna nail you there too so they're gonna get more and more sophisticated these states that are struggling with their budgets which most states are right now and so we're gonna see more and more more aggressive taxation. New York is extremely aggressive. California is extremely aggressive. They spend a lot of resources trying to track. I mean, way more aggressive than the IRS. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd much rather get an IRS notice than a California state notice. Not, not because they're smarter or anything. It's just that they're going to be like, you know, flies on poop, you know, they're right. just going to be all over you and never, <laughs> never,
1: never leave. So I get to say poop on the radio. Yeah, you? I think that's okay. The visual imagery here is the okay. part that, that I'm enjoying a great deal here. <laughs> so the great tax grab is on. I've told this story before, but when I lived in New York, a lot of people would go over to New Jersey to the Garden State Plaza or whatever it was. And they would buy clothing because there was no tax on clothing in the state of New Jersey. And New York, of course, got to this, and they would send tax collectors over to stand in the mall parking lots in New Jersey looking for people coming mm-hmm. out of stores with New York license plates on their cars. So yeah, they are very, very aggressive about that. As you said, from an employer's standpoint, let's say that you know someone is working for a uh, Seattle company and they're getting a W-2 tax thing there, which means they're an employee, full-time employee of that company, and they are working from another state. That is one thing, as you said, you may very well have to report the state that you're working in and pay taxes there but let's say that you're a 1099 employee let's say that you're just a subcontractor working for a company that is based in seattle and you live in a state and that you know requires you to pay state taxes is it a different story than for your employer
2: that's a great question, Jeff. Because there's more. One thing I do love about your questions, Jeff, is I hear your question. I will try and answer, but I usually think <laughs> about three other things <laughs> when you're asking. Well, we them. got plenty of time. Oh, this brings up <laughs> plenty of yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, this <laughs> brings up other things. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, yes, it would be different. You got your own business, and and so uh, it's not the. You know, if I hire somebody to fix my HVAC system in my house or or whatever, do my roof, uh, when they have their own business, I don't employ them they're on their own so yeah it wouldn't wouldn't be an issue but i will say that the irs is very aggressive towards reclassification of sole proprietor workers as employees. They do not want 1099, they don't want Schedule C. They want you to be an employee. I think they believe that their tax collections will be greater uh, when it's going through a an employer that's a uh, incorporated or something like that, whereas a lot of sole proprietors maybe work under the table somewhat, so they miss out on their taxes. So The IRS wants to reclassify people as sole proprietors, so even though you think you're getting off the hook, okay, I'm gonna pay this person, that works for me as a sole proprietor. Well, there are a lot of rules that say, well, if you, you know, there's about 12 measures. And if you have a bunch of those where you control what they do and, and have set hours or these different things, well, that's an employee. So now they're going to go after you as an employer to pay payroll taxes on that. Yeah. So just because you have a 1099 subcontract relationship doesn't mean it actually is one from the IRS standpoint. Uh, they might come after that and try and change that. I've even heard of people, oh, no, I have my own business. I'm a sole proprietor. And then they, they get let go and they go, oh, no, I was an employee. They, mm. they mistreated me. And yeah. they go back and, yeah. and they open that can of worms. So be real careful about following the rules on what is the difference between a W-2 employee and a 1099 employee.
1: Yeah, and Brian, I think that that is the reason behind the controversy among uh, Uber and whether or not those people are employees of Uber or whether they are uh, sole proprietors. So now I understand exactly how that works. We're talking with Brian Evans of Drone Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. It is tax season, of course, and we are talking about people working remotely, whether they're working remotely in their own city from home or maybe their own state. But then when you move across state lines, sometimes even countries is going to throw a little monkey wrench into that too. It could very well. Impact your taxes. Of course, Madrona Financial has a sister company, Bauer Evans CPAs, which is top it at this time of the year. That is one of the benefits that you get of being a client of Madrona Financial Services: is the work of Bauer Evans CPAs. If you'd like a complimentary, no cost, no obligation financial plan that takes into account taxes, once again, you can get it for no cost, no obligation. Eight four four Madrona is the number to call. Eight four four M A D R O N A. And as always, you can find out more about the firm online at madronafinancial.com. Brian, time for a break. We'll be back to talk more about taxes when our show continues after this.
0: Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. When you need something important done around the house,
2: you call a professional. Why is it when it comes to retirement investments, most people don't know what theirs is built on or even if it's right for them? Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA or
0: visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. If you have an annuity or are thinking about getting an annuity, do not buy one until you talk to the financial professionals at Madrona Financial Services. Call 844-MADRONA today or visit online at madronafinancial.com for your no-obligation review. You may qualify for an upfront bonus and even guaranteed income growth. While some annuities can help you protect your assets in a volatile market, having the wrong one could cost you thousands. Don't let this happen to you. So if you own an annuity or are thinking about buying one, call the professionals at Madrona financial services and they'll explain the different types of annuities tax truths what they'll mean to your spouse and heirs and most of all how they should fit into your overall portfolio call the professionals at madrona financial services now for a no obligation financial review and find out the truths about your annuities and how they should fit into your retirement income plan the number to call is 844 madrona That number again is 844-MADRONA or visit online at madronafinancial.com. Prosper with Madrona. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO
2: of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to continue our
1: discussion about income taxes in 2020. And Brian, you know how much we love to talk about taxes on this show. It's not that we love it. It's just that it is so necessary to get it right. And as you've said so many times, that is a huge benefit with Madrona Financial Services is having Bauer Evans CPAs working hand in hand with each other because so many things you do in retirement planning and wealth management has to do with taxes. And we'll talk more about that later. But I want to get back to this thing that we were talking about in the first segment, and that is working for companies in one city or one state. And maybe you residing in another city or another state or maybe spending some time in another city or another state. Let's take, for example, something that your dad used to like to do, and that's going down to Arizona and uh, take in spring training for the Mariners and all the other ball clubs that are working out down there. If I spend 10 days down in, let's say, Camelback Ranch where my Dodgers are uh, working out, and let's say that I work two out of those 10 days, how is it possible for me to calculate the number of hours in those two days that I spent that I I'm actually doing work in Arizona and I'm not on vacation.
2: Wow. yeah. I mean, it's it gets complicated because if I'm an Arizona state worker, uh, Department of Taxation, I'm saying you're here 10 days. You probably work 10 days. I'm, I'm going to pull your computer records and see if you wow. send emails. Or wow. I'm going to ask for those or something. I'm going to try and prove you're your working 10 or just assume you're working 10. But let's say you said it was only two days and out of 250 work days, so roughly, you know, 1% of your year was spent working in that state. When you do your federal income tax return and you do your Arizona state income tax return, you you would apportion uh, approximately 1% of your total year's taxable income to the state of Arizona in that case. And uh, let's say you, have a, you happen to have a rental down there, too. Well, that rental will go on there also. So. Hmm. States will ask you to apportion the time you were there um, by a percentage of your federal income tax. And as I mentioned in the last segment, there's some states that want to double dip. They want to say, well, yeah, you were in Arizona, but since you're a California resident or Michigan resident, we want 100% as if you're here 100%. So you're actually paying tax on more than 365 days. because uh, you're in other states and they're saying, well, we want our 365 and Arizona and some other states you'd visited. They said, well, we want our days too. So you end up paying tax on four or 500. You could pay tax on 700 days if you pull your cards right of state income tax. I mean, this just gets preposterous.
1: Yeah, Brian, as you were talking about it, I was thinking in my mind, does Arizona really have a state tax? I don't think it does, does it?
2: Yeah, it does. Oh, it does. Uh, there are, yeah, there are certain states that okay. do not. I mentioned before, and I'm going to list them off here. I'm sure people are probably curious about that. One is Alaska. Another is it's become very popular is Florida. So you get the whole East Coast with, and the farther north you go, it seems, the higher the taxes. And so, and the colder it gets, and mm. the more lousy the winters are. So <laughs> uh, if there's any question, and the older people get, because all the baby boomers, yeah. there is going to be a mass, well, there has been a mass exodus. Florida is just booming right now. And it will continue to, I would suspect, for retirees that want to avoid taxes of the Northeast. Nevada, as you mentioned, South Dakota. North no taxes and not a lot of people either. Texas, uh, another very popular place for people to go. State of Washington, Wyoming, another state without a lot of people. Right. And new to the the list is Tennessee. Hmm. So three of the most popular states to move to, in fact, if I had to list them out without looking it up, I'm going to guess they were Florida, Texas, and Tennessee. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they also have no state income tax.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to petition uh, Major League Baseball to move spring training out of Arizona <laughs> and to some other tax-free state like Florida. I mean, I didn't know Arizona had an income tax. You know, if you're an athlete making a lot of money too, you got to pay tax probably for the time that you're training there in Arizona, which is around 30 days a year. Let's talk about people who have jobs that require them to travel internationally. Now, if I'm working for an American company and let's say that I have to travel to Europe or Asia for my job, how does that impact my taxes?
2: Well, I'll use a, a an example closer to home. Let's say you play for the Mariners, right? And you have a three-game series in in Anaheim. Well, you're getting nailed by California. Now you got a three-game series in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Ooh, now I got Canada. Right. I got to pay Canadian income taxes, <laughs> and so because I worked <laughs> there and I made money there, and they're going to prorate it based upon your annual salary and the number of games, and they're going to nail you on that. And so now with different countries, when you work overseas, you can get foreign tax exclusions. Mm. If you paid tax there, you don't get double tax. Now, the United States taxes you on 100% of your worldwide income, but they allow for certain credits uh, with most countries to where if you paid, let's say your tax rate in the United States is going to be 25% and you paid 30% overseas, no problem, but you get a credit. And you wouldn't pay any U.S. tax. But let's say you paid 10 percent overseas and it's 25 percent here that the United States says, well, we want the difference. We want the 15 percent you didn't pay to that foreign country. Hmm. So there's that. And there's convoluted foreign earned income exclusions and and all these different things. So uh, that starts getting a lot more complex, too. So with a more transient work base and being able to work remotely, it's going to be interesting, uh, especially with people that are traveling, taking their laptops, sitting right. down, doing their emails in their different locations. Uh, to get at the end of the year, they're, they're going to go. I don't know if I want to talk to my accountant
1: about all of this because <laughs> yeah. to get it right, it's going to be pretty complicated. Well, our kids are living in Southern California, so I'll be sure that I do not do any work when I'm down there, for, uh, you know, visiting them, or I maybe I. I can get them to move to a tax-free state like Nevada. I do not know Just take a little that. trip over the border to, <laughs> uh, to Nevada while you're there. Do some work and drive back later yeah, that, that that's week. That's right. About four and a half hours uh, over to Vegas from uh, Newport Beach, California. Well, certainly- Now, pro- that's some tax planning right there, oh, Jeff. Oh, man. I'm I mean, telling that, you right that's now. That's high level Yeah, right I, there. I, Get in I, the car and drive across the border. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you've got these helpful tips, Brian. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. We're talking about taxes <laughs> with Brian Evans here Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans. CPAs. It's also very important to note that Brian is a certified public accountant, has been a CPA for many, many years, so he knows whereof he speaks. Some of the other things that COVID-19 has thrown a monkey wrench into as far as taxes go is uh, taking a retirement plan loan or distribution. How does that affect the taxes this year, Brian?
2: Yeah, people were able to take up to, I think, $100,000 out of their retirement plan uh, without any penalties. However, there's a catch to it. You got to pay the tax on it over the next few years. And you were only supposed to take it out if you actually had some COVID reason. You couldn't just, oh, I can take money out. Yeah, I think I'm I'm eyeing that new car. I think I'm going to take that money out and buy the car. Oh, you didn't have a COVID reason? Well, now you're going to get nailed potentially for penalties and taxes and everything else and So a lot of people took that money out. Not a lot, but I mentioned some people took that money out and now they're going, well, that was great. It's gone. And I owe the taxes on it. Uh, Where's that supposed to come from? Maybe I'll just take another distribution, pay penalties on it so I can pay the tax. But then I have a tax on my new distribution and now we've started a vicious cycle. Uh, You know, that's the problem when when there's a rule passed that says you can pull money out of your account and put off paying it. The tax till later, people do that, but then and they don't have the money to pay the tax anymore. So we caused a real problem where we were trying to be helpful.
1: Yeah, there are a number of actions that taxpayers may have taken this year in response to COVID-19, some of them not voluntarily. And another one is receiving unemployment benefits. Now, if you receive unemployment benefits for some people, maybe not so many people listening to this program, but for some, I mean, it meant the difference between putting food on the table, keeping a roof over the head. So the last thing they thought about is taxes. But indeed, those unemployment benefits are taxable, are they not?
2: Yeah, they are, and I'll take it a step further. Let's say early in the year you lost your job in twenty twenty due to COVID, and you said, "Okay, you took some unemployment benefits for a while, and then you decided enough is enough. I'm going to start my own business." You start working a uh, sole proprietor business. You you make uh, you did pretty good, and you made some money. You got through the end of the year, and now you're doing your taxes, and you're going, "Oh." I had to pay taxes on my unemployment benefits. I had to pay income taxes on all of my net earnings for my sole proprietor business. I had to pay Social Security and Medicare on those earnings. Mm -hmm. Oh, times two because I'm the employer and the employee. So my bracket's 22%, but I got another 15% for Social Security and Medicare times two. So now my bracket's 37% and I owe the unemployment... I just barely made it through the year. I don't have all this money. Right. I'm going to spend the entire next year paying its taxes and these taxes, and I'll keep 20, 30 cents in the dollar right. because I have got a year behind. So, boy, it can really nail you if you don't know
1: your tax situation ahead of time and start
2: planning for it.
1: Yeah, you can spend the next year or the year after that or the year after that trying to catch up. So, of course, uh, taxes are something that you should keep in mind every time you get a check. And a As a 1099 person, I mean, as a general rule, some of the 1099 income that I have, I always trim off about 20% from the top and put that in a different account for those taxes. But again, your situation may vary as they always say. To find out more about your tax situation, of course, consult your tax professional. If you're a client of Madrona Financial Services, of course, you do have the services of our Evans CPAs. And again, if you would like a complimentary, no-cost, no-obligation financial plan that does include tax minimization and tax strategies, you can get yours by calling 844-MADRONA, 844-MADRONA, or request that plan online at madronafinancial.com. Time for another break, Brian. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about taxes and liability attacks and all that other fun stuff when our show continues after this.
0: Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't
2: afford to miss. This is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPA and host of the Growing Your Wealth radio show. If you're close to or in retirement and don't have a tax plan, get one. It could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement. Our country has been spending like never before, and that tax bill is coming. At Madrona Financial Services, we help build tax strategies into retirement and investment plans designed for you to help keep more of your gains. Take action and call us at 844-MADRONA to schedule a retirement tax analysis today. That's 844-MADRONA. After World War II, taxes reached 90% and were as high as 70% in the 80s. Don't be caught off guard. You can retire right and on your terms. Call to schedule a virtual or in-person review. Our number is 844-MADRONA, that's 844-MADRONA,
0: or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. If you have an annuity or are thinking about getting an annuity, do not buy one until you talk to the financial professionals at Madrona Financial Services. Call 844-MADRONA today or visit online at madronafinancial.com for your no-obligation review. You may qualify for an upfront bonus and even guaranteed income growth. While some annuities can help you protect your assets in a volatile market, having the wrong one could cost you thousands. Don't let this happen to you. So if you own an annuity or are thinking about buying one, call the professionals at Madrona Financial Services and they'll explain the different types of annuities, tax truths, what they'll mean to your spouse and heirs, and most of all, how they should fit into your overall portfolio. Call the professionals at Madrona Financial Services now for a no-obligation financial review and find out the truths about your annuities and how they should fit into your retirement income plan. The number to call is 844-MADRONA. That number again is 844-MADRONA or visit online at madronafinancial.com. Prosper with Madrona. Don't let the health crisis that began in 2020 become a wealth crisis for you in your retirement. Times like these require a plan and people you can trust by your side. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services has been helping retirees navigate through changing times for more than 30 years. If you're not 100% certain that your current plan is equipped to handle times like these, call Madrona Financial Services right now and Brian will meet with you personally. The number is 844 Madrona. That's 844 Madrona. But spaces are limited, so call now. The pandemic could likely affect your taxes, social security, your investments, your health care, and a lot more. So now isn't the time for guesswork. Call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA. A sound strategy and a team by your side could add hundreds of thousands of dollars or more over your retirement. Call 844-MADRONA right now. That's 844-MADRONA. Or visit online at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A You can't build a house with just one tool and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans.
2: Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue discussing income tax.
1: And Brian, the birthdays that you have along the way can impact your taxes as well too. So let's talk about some particular birthdays and why they might be important to you, not only for tax minimization or paying taxes, but in general, why they are important. The first one is going to be 59 and a half. Why should I mark that one on my calendar? I already marked it, but if you're not 59 Uh and a half, why should you mark that on your calendar? calendar.
2: That is a big date for a lot of tax laws. And I'm still trying to figure out who had the bright idea. Hey, boss, I have an idea. Let's have all of our tax laws go around the the age of 59 and a half. Half, Yeah. Not 60, (laughs) not 59. It's amazing. Okay. 59 and a Half. half. Great. Yeah. All right. So at 59 and a half, we have a lot of options. We can now generally, unfortunately, everything I say on the, on this show, I, I'll say something I say generally, you know, usually, most of the time, because there's always exceptions. You might say, well, OK, I can roll my retirement plan amounts out of my 401k plan. Well, as long as your plan allows for that, well, most plans do. But maybe your 457 plan does not or your 403b may or may not or certain investments within it may not be able to roll over it's it's just convoluted as most things in the tax law are so at 59 and a half you know you're looking at your 401k plan and say well i only have these options i can do stock market or these bonds and these index funds and that's it i can't do anything else that's right So at age 59 and a half, what most people do that have 401k plans and 403bs and so forth is they roll the money out of the plan. It does not mean you pay income tax. You do a trustee to trustee transfer into your own IRA, individual retirement account. And so what that does is it now gives you options. You have the option to invest in anything a qualified retirement account can invest in. Whereas when it was in your 401k plan, you were limited to whatever your employee allowed for you. And there might have been 15 funds that they allowed you to pick from and nothing all that interesting. And so most people want to roll that out. So now they can access individual stocks if they want. They can access real estate investment trust. They can put money into a qualified fixed index annuity with lifetime cash flow second to die. Okay, great. So there's different things you can do that you don't have those options while that money is sitting within the 401k plan.
1: Brian, as you talk about this and talk about taxes, it comes to mind that really, I think a lot of people do not minimize tax strategies because they just don't know about it. Do you find that a lot of people whose plans that you oversee or maybe plans from other advisors that you look at that maybe taxes are not minimized or tax mitigation is not maximized?
2: Well, again, you ask a, a question that's awesome and I'm listening to it and I go, wait a second, I have a whole different okay <laughs> different take on this. Often people are doing the the wrong thing by dropping their taxes. I'll tell you why. Because I could minimize my taxes all day long and in trying to work on that, but then eventually I gotta pay the piper. And maybe I'm going to have to, uh, you know, I I had my taxable income so low and I did it all at once coming back. Now all my taxable income is at the highest marginal tax brackets. The key to tax planning is to spread the income you're going to have anyway. Well, first off, it's to make the most income that you can make. You know, don't cut making income just so you can save some taxes, you know but the key to tax planning is to spread it out Um, we'll call it level loading your your taxable income so that you take advantage of the zero of the 12 the 15 uh, percent brackets the 22 percent or even the 24 percent bracket knowing that if you load up in any particular year or maybe in years in the future you might be at the 40 percent bracket or higher you don't want that bracket. You want to pay that money early. So a lot of what we do is income distribution strategies around maybe volunteering some tax money now at low brackets, putting uh, IRA money into, let's say you had the your 59 and a half, you roll it into your IRA. Now you roll the IRA money into a Roth. The Roth can grow income tax-free forever, and you pay the tax now, but at a lower rate, knowing had you let it just grow in your IRA when you take it out down the road, you might be at a much higher bracket. So over the course of your lifetime, I just looked at a plan for a client, and it was in the millions of dollars that we think that they will be able to add to what their heirs inherit just due to proper income
1: distribution strategies related to this. We're talking about tax minimization with Brian Evans here, Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. We're talking about important birthdays. That was 59 and a half. Let's continue here to age 62. Now that's an important age when it comes to social security. Actually, 62, 66, 67, and
2: 70. Yeah, at 62, you can take social security, but if you're still working, earning more than about 18,000 a year, don't do it because you have to give it back and you lose your future increases of six and a half percent a year for life. So that's a that's an expensive thing when you you know say, oh, I'm quitting my job. I'm 62. I'm going to take social security. And then six months later, someone, offers you a consulting gig and you go, oh man that's easy money I'm taking that and and then uh you let another six months go by and and because you can reverse that decision the first year but after that you can't and you go oh man I shouldn't have taken social security now I'm making pretty good money doing something I love to do it's not that hard and all the social security I'm getting I got to get back and I've locked in my low age 62 payouts for life as opposed to letting them defer and and grow and if i pass away prematurely it affects my spouse and what she can get perhaps and oh that was a terrible mistake i guess i should have asked somebody first (laughs) and that's you know you think about this show today it's it's about might want to ask a question before you make a decision ask these questions get the answers you need because these are huge i when i talk to people about you know what do you get financially independent? How do you grow your wealth? How do you do this stuff? It's not a, there's, oh, just do this and you will be rich. It's, you're going to have about 30, 40, however many big financial decisions in your life. If you get half of them right and half them wrong, you're probably not going to have a good retirement. (laughs) You're probably gonna bankruptcy. You probably got some problems. If you get almost all of them right, you're probably going to do extremely well. I mean, I've got people that just made sound decisions throughout their life. They didn't make a ton of money, but they're sitting on millions of dollars in their retirement accounts and they have great cash flow. Some people though made three bad decisions added onto that. And now they're struggling and they're still working in their late sixties, wondering if they're going to have enough money or run out because they made some bad choices. So the key to financial planning to me is being consistently making good choices. And how Mm -hmm. can you do that? unless you have all the right information, the right advisor giving you that advice. Uh, If you're an investor, make sure that investment advice comes from somebody that understands income taxes and estate taxes. If you don't, I'm gonna add to that list of potential
1: problems or or mistakes you made, and it's gonna maybe hurt you long-term. And a very important point there, too, Brian, I mean, ask good questions, but ask those good questions of people who have good answers. And a qualified financial advisor, somebody who really knows what they're talking about, like you, is so, so valuable. We're talking about important ages here with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services. Of course, we talked about 62 being the earliest that you can take Social Security. If you do take it at that point in time, keep in mind, $18,960 is all you can make before you have to give it back. All right, Brian. And the next age to remember is your full retirement age, which is between 66 and 67 for most folks listening, right?
2: Yeah. And at that point, if you're working and make a lot of money, you can take Social Security and not have to give it back. So that's consideration. But I would say if you are working to make lots of money, you might want to wait until age 70, you never past 70. You can't get any more raises past then. And that would be part of an integrated financial plan where we're determining what makes sense over your lifetime. Should you wait on Social Security? Should you take it early? What are the tax implications? What are the implications if you pass away for your spouse? There's a lot of implications there that we wanna take into account. So it's not something you just pick without, again, and it can be a big mistake if you pick the wrong year. And so let's, let's get that one right. Let's integrate that with the income distribution decisions that I was talking about early that Social Security would integrate with that. IRA Roth conversions, when to take money out of your non-qualified accounts to trigger capital gains, when not to, when to take it out of qualified accounts. It can get a little bit granular here, but that's so important to get that those decisions
1: right. It could be a huge difference in your lifetime uh, asset accumulation. And the next age here, Brian, is age 72. How can age 72 impact your tax situation and what can you do to prepare for it?
2: Well that's the age where you're you have to take required minimum distributions from your IRA and essentially, you know, you add up all of your qualified accounts, IRAs, 401Ks, all of that, and you have to take a certain amount out every year or pay a 50% penalty. So, take the money out that you need to at least, and you're taking it out of your left pocket and putting it into your right pocket and the IRS is grabbing a marginal tax bracket on top of that. So, maybe your bracket's 22%, and they're going to take 22% on that transfer. And so a lot of people, though, they get really upset about, oh, I have to take these RMDs and say, so, well, why not take an RMD? It's, it's you know, roughly three and a half to four percent of your account balance when you have to take it. I would prefer you have access to money anyway and spread it out over your lifetime, the tax bracket and spend it on yourself and have a good time, you know. I guess a lot of people are worried about, well, I have to leave maximum amount to my kids, and I'm going to scrimp and save and, uh-huh. and die you know, without having any fun so they can have all the fun in the world. Well, I don't know if that's great
1: <laughs> retirement planning or not. I guess that's up to you. Talking about important ages here with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. Again, If you want a financial plan that takes into consideration all the important ages in your life, it doesn't cost you a dime and there is no obligation to continue with this plan. If you get in and you don't like what you see, but chances are you will like what you see in here because that's the result with a lot of people who come to seek the advice at Madrona Financial Services. Again, no cost to obligation for that plan. 844-MADRONA is the number to call to request yours. 844-MADRONA. You can also request it online at
0: madronafinancial.com. Time for another break. We'll be right back
1: with the final portion of our
0: show after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans.
2: As a financial advisor, we have to assess the risk tolerance of our clients when building a portfolio. One of the interesting things that can happen, though, is we're not taking enough risk. So I recently had a person come to me and they had significant real estate holdings that had significant cash flow, about three times what they spend annually. And so they really weren't worried about money. They were just, you know, we're talking mainly about legacy planning, leaving money to kids and charities, those kinds of strategies. But then I looked at his investment portfolio and it was millions of dollars that he was never going to touch. But we were looking at it and, and I realized, wow, you're not even really in the U.S. stock market at all. It was safe bonds and cash and CDs, and it was all because, well, gee, you're, you're in your 70s, so you shouldn't be taking any risk. And that's the old standard way of, of doing things. You know, people might look at your age and go, oh, you should be in a safe investment. Don't take any risk. Don't expect any rate of return. You want to hang on to your money, not try and grow your money. Well, in that case, I was thinking, well, you know, if you're expecting to grow your money, why not be a little more risky with money that you're not going to touch? So if you're not going to be pulling a draw out of the stock market investment, certainly stock markets go up over the long haul. That's been historic for as long as time has been around. So I, I would think that this probably person was not excited about bonds, yet most of his portfolio was in them. So it might be that uh, if you have significant assets, your portfolio may not have enough risk
0: in it. And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Madrona Financial. Investments, retirement, taxes, and legacy. MadronaFinancial.com. Get your free copy of
1: Brian's latest book, The Complete Book of Retirement. It covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to passive real estate investing. Arm yourself with information and take control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit madronafinancial.com.
0: Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial
2: Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about things to consider if you're looking at hiring a new financial advisor.
1: And Brian, that's a very important point here. A lot of the folks listening to us may not have a financial advisor right now. They're trying to do it themselves. And we've talked about why sometimes that works. Most of the time, it doesn't work, at least for the listeners of this particular program, because, you know, they're people who have done some things right in life if they're listening to this show. But let us consider that you have a financial advisor now and you seem to be happy with that financial advisor. They remember your birthday. They know where you go on vacation. They're really nice people. But you are wondering if there isn't something slipping between the cracks. So I want to call you and get some financial advice and figure out whether or not my plan is the right one for me. What is the first step and what are some of the things that I should consider if I want to do that?
2: What are some basic considerations, like are they fiduciary or not, uh, required by law to act in your best interest? That can be an important consideration. Another is, you know, are they a CFP? Are they a CPA? Do they have professional designations? That that can be kind of important, too. A full-service financial planning firm, there's six things that they'll be able to do for you. If they're very good at what they do, they can invest your money in stocks and bonds and and real estate investment trusts. They can sell you annuities, long-term care, life insurance as an asset class, Help you with Social Security optimization and do financial planning, maybe do a financial plan for you and 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 some of the things we've been talking about. So a good financial planner that's broad based, insurance licensed also, as well as securities, can do all those different things. Now, there's six other areas though that are more unique to only a few firms out there, we being one of them. And one is because of Bauer Evans, we we do tax planning projections, we can do all the what-if scenarios, we can figure out how to minimize taxes over the course of your lifetime, and these numbers can be huge. I mean, that's probably the biggest one of all of them. Another one is passive and active real estate investment analysis, including 1031 Exchange, Delaware Statutory Trust, and all of that. Most advisors have no idea what a DST is, let alone the experience to do it right. The next area is business succession. Many of my clients got their wealth through two ways. One was through real estate and one was through their business. So wouldn't you like to get paid for one of those? And business succession is a huge area. The fourth one is trustee services trusts, and, and so forth, safeguarding your assets for your spouse or future generations or against income taxes. The fifth one is estate tax and legacy planning. So whether it's a Washington estate tax, federal estate tax, legacy planning, how to leave money to future generations, That's a very important one. And the last one is charitable gifting strategies, more advanced strategies such as donating IRA funds, appreciated capital gain property, donor advised funds, charitable remainder unit trusts, et cetera, et cetera. Most advisors are probably not real adept at that area.
1: So you're able to do all those things under one roof here at Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs, and it occurred to me that if someone is with a financial advisor who handles their wealth management, they've got a tax person over here, they have an insurance person over here that might handle their life insurance and might handle their annuities. I mean, they really have to pay all of those people. So if people are fee conscious, I would make sense to me to have it all under one roof where you're just paying one fee. Correct me if I'm wrong on that one, Brian.
2: Yeah. I mean, the fees are are part of it. And what's interesting about the fees is out of those 12 areas, there's some investment managers. Well, the guy that hates annuities, they do one thing. They do stocks and bonds and that's it. So one box out of 12 and their fee is 50% higher than our fee on average to do one of the 12 boxes. And I'm looking at this scenario going, wouldn't you like 12 out of 12 for a third less cost? I mean, so the fees are one thing, but certainly then there's the integration. It's one thing to, okay, I found a discount broker, I found a discount insurance guy, I found a discount estate planning attorney, a discount CPA, (laughs) all this stuff. Okay, you could piece it together, but are they working together? I would guarantee anybody listening right now that has a CPA and a financial advisor, insurance guy, real estate guy, state plan attorney, there has never been a time in history where all of them were in the same room at right. the same time and on the same page. It just doesn't
1: happen unless they're all integrated under one roof. We're talking with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. Next topic here, Brian, and you touched on that a little bit, and that is business succession. Many of our people out there own businesses, and you know, they have sweated, they put in their blood, sweat, and tears to their business, and now it is time for them to pass it along to somebody else. How do you figure out what your business is worth and whether or not you got the right books and whether your business is showcased properly?
2: Boy, there's a Yeah, there's a lot to that. You, you got to make sure you have a business that can be sold. If you're a sole proprietor psychologist and that's what you do and you've got these clients, but they're probably not going to transfer to a new person, you don't have a, a business to sell. You, exactly. you had a job. And so there is a difference between a business for sale and a job. A business is turnkey, meaning that when you're not there, it can continue to function. And so if you take yourself out of the loop, you've got to replace your salary. So you got to consider that. So let's say you have a business that makes 100 grand a year and it's a roofing business, but you work 2000 hours a year doing it. Well, it'd probably take 100 grand a year to replace you. So you don't have a business to sell. It doesn't have any goodwill. Are you going to sell it to a family member, your kids? Are you going to sell it internally to people who work there, externally to a consolidator? You got to have that profitability up and so forth. So there's a lot to this. And then there's valuation considerations, whether you sell as a multiple of EBITDA, earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, and amortization, or multiple revenues or some other net asset valuation. I could go on and on. There's a lot to business succession, but it might be one of your biggest assets. And it's hard to find somebody that can talk about all the attributes of business succession.
1: Brian, just like a house, I mean, when I get ready to sell my house, I have it staged to present itself in the proper light. How do you go about staging a business for sale? Yeah, you got to have, uh, again, turnkey. you got to have
2: management in place to take over when you're not there. Sales, marketing, all that kind of stuff. you got to have profitability. You have to have really good financials. I looked at a CPA firm once, I mentioned on the show before, and the guy couldn't produce profit and loss mm. from the prior two years. Yeah. I'm like, you're a CPA firm. You can't produce, well, I have this schedule and that schedule. Uh, yeah, I think my firm is worth X. And I said, well, I got another opinion on that. You think it's worth 600 grand. I think it's worth (laughs) because I don't know if it makes any money so I'm not going to buy it. And uh, I didn't, of course. And so even a CPA didn't know how to stage his business. You got to have great financials. It to be all reconciled. You got to take out the mystery of a buyer. If the buyer has mystery as to whether they're going to make money or not, that price just went down the
1: tubes. Right. Brian, how do you base the worth of a business? I think somebody who is personally invested in a business many times thinks it's worth way more than it really is. So when you come in as an objective outsider and you take a look at this business, ask Madrona Financial, and you put yourself in the position of somebody who would possibly buy this business, what factors do you take into consideration in putting a value or a worth on that business?
2: Yeah, again, it's a, a multiple of, of net profit is typically how it's done. Now, the bigger the business it is, the enterprise value might be higher if you, and you can get a higher multiple if you're a smaller business. There's more mystery about what it's going to look like once you're gone. So the multiples aren't as high. But just because they're not as high doesn't mean it's not worthwhile maybe to enter into an arrangement to sell it. And there's different ways to sell it, cash out or earn out, uh, installment sale, whatever it may be. And so those are also considered. Uh, you generally don't want to sell to an outsider on an installment contract with very little down. Right. You, you might get two payments and that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> you worked your whole life. You got two payments. So there's a lot of other considerations
1: related to that. Brian, when someone sells a business, they get a lump sum like that. I would imagine that that would also create some tax liabilities.
2: Yeah, you, know, you have to look at your cost basis, your business. Um, often it's very low or zero, pretty close to it. And that's okay. I mean, you want to maximize what you get. I'd rather have more upfront than over time from a somebody. If, if somebody wants to do an installment contract, I'd suggest talking to the SBA and having that buyer get an SBA loan, because if their credit's good enough to get an SBA loan, then great. They'll, they'll cash out. If it's not good enough, then there probably may not be someone you want to sell to in the first place because right. they didn't have good credit. Why do you want to sell your, your business to somebody without good credit? Mm-hmm. And I've had that discussion with a lot of people even selling real estate. Somebody wants to buy it on contract. I'm like, well, they can go to the bank if they have decent credit and get a 3%, 3.5% loan. And they want to pay you five. That means they can't get a bank loan. Do you really want to sell? your real estate to somebody that can't get a bank loan? Oh yeah, that's a good point. So consider the credit
1: quality of the buyer. Very important facts there, Brian. Again, our listeners uh, have learned so much from us today about a lot of different topics, particularly taxes. But if you have questions about taxes, you'd like a financial plan that incorporates those. As Brian said, if you've got a plan from someone else, always a good idea to get a second opinion. If you've got a business that you're looking to sell, you want a succession plan, also you can get that advice here at Padrona Financial. Once again, to get your complimentary financial plan. We say it all the time. I'm sure everyone knows the number, but I'll repeat it anyway. 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. And of course, online at madronafinancial.com. Brian, a great time with you today on the radio show. I hope our listeners have learned something and it was a good use of their time this weekend. I'm sure it was. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you again next week with another edition Grow Your Up.
0: 2020 has come to an end and the passing of another year means we get to start fresh and reevaluate our goals. As we enter into 2021, take a moment to reflect back on what mattered most in the past year. It could have been your health, your friends, and most likely your family. Let the start to 2021 be a call to action to ensure that you have a solid estate and legacy plan in place for your family. Call 844-MADRONA to get more information on creating a plan to fit your loved one's needs. At Madrona Financial Services, they believe in creating comprehensive written plans designed to help ensure you never outlive your money and that your plan also reflects the wishes you have for your family. And to make it easy, Madrona Financial Services offers complimentary virtual no-obligation meetings where they'll take the time to discuss your unique goals and financial situation. Leave this past year behind and enter a new one with the confidence that your loved one's future is secure. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. The word volatile is
2: rarely used when describing something desirable. It's usually not associated with pleasant outcomes and doesn't sound very appealing unless you're describing a roller coaster or some other thrill ride. And when it comes to your retirement plan, volatile is the last word you want to hear when talking about your nest egg. At Madrona Financial Services, we like to focus on other words when it comes to retirement planning, words like predictability, opportunity, and security. And while we may live in volatile times. there are strategies that you could be using right now to lessen or even possibly eliminate its impact on your portfolio. If you're concerned about your exposure to market volatility, call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA to schedule your complimentary review. We'll perform a risk analysis of your current portfolio and then discuss the ways we can help you achieve your retirement goals without taking unnecessary chances with your nest egg. Take back control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit us at madronafinancial.com.